everyone, welcome to Foster Friday. I'm Elle, and I guess I should apologize first off for the radio silence. Um, I guess you could say that I've been living by the motto, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. For those of you who are not familiar with our case, or those of you who need a little recap since it's been so long, my bad, um, we have our first placement right now. We have a five-month-old little girl and a three-and-a-half-year-old little guy, and we've had them for three months now, and they are absolutely fantastic. They are both doing tremendously well, and they're growing so big, and they're so, so sweet and so cute. Um, we have a great relationship with the bio parents, and we communicate with them frequently. We downloaded Google Voice and established a phone number that we could use to communicate with them, and it's worked out tremendously. And, you know, when we first got involved in this, honestly, I thought dealing with the parents would be the most difficult part just because they're dealing with something ridiculously hard at this point. You know, their kids were just stripped from them and they're dealing with everything and all those emotions and, you know, going through all the steps that they need to in order to get their kids back. And, you know, with that comes you know, a lot of feelings and I didn't know how they would deal with everything. And to be honest with you, the kids and the bio parents have been the, the easiest part of this entire endeavor. Um, believe it or not, the most difficult thing has been dealing with all of the other adults that are involved in this situation. And by that, I mean, our caseworker and the agency. Um, our caseworker is brand new. She's like, fresh out of diapers, you know, just graduated from college. And she, honestly, she, she doesn't know a lot. And I understand that there's a lot of like on the job learning that goes on here. And, you know, we ask her a question and she'll say, I don't know, let me check with my supervisor. And then she doesn't get back with us. And, you know, some of the things we can kind of like write off and be like, okay, you know, we can deal without that answer or, you know, we'll try to figure it out or, you know, we're very well connected in the foster care community. And so if we don't get an answer from our caseworker, sometimes we'll go to somebody else to find out. Um, so we have other avenues, like we're not relying solely on our caseworker, but there's some things that we need to know from her. Um, we've asked to know about court dates in advance because we both wanna be able to attend those. And you know, the first one we did find out about, but only after Ashley asked her, five or six times, you know, when's the next court date? The last one we didn't find out about until our, the fourth time we asked. And um, at that point, it was actually too late. She, she was like, oh, court's actually tomorrow. I was like, great, thanks for the heads up. Um, you know, so court date, we would ask for um, the Medicaid number. We asked for a Medicaid number for the kids for three different times. And finally, on the fourth time, we got it. Um, but in the event of emergency, we need to know that just little things like that. Just the lack of communication has just been so incredibly frustrating. And our caseworker, she went on vacation. So our point of contact was her supervisor. And so we call, we, the kids had a visit the next day. And so on a Monday we texted and said, you know, Hey, um, did you guys work out the transportation to get the kids to visitation for tomorrow. And there was no response, no response. Well, five days later, 
we got a response and it said something along the lines as, we'll work it out. Well, at that point, two other visits had already happened. And so it was just asinine to even respond at that point. And I feel so bad for our caseworker. Like, I really do. She's new. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's getting shit on by basically everybody. But there's so much of this that she brings on herself. Like, if you say you're going to get with your supervisor and find out, you know, an answer, just get back with us for Christ's sake. Is, is it really that difficult? So, like I said, the parents are doing well with their case plan. We now have unsupervised visits, which is fantastic. Um, we are transporting about 80% of the time to therapy and to visits and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes we're not able to because a visit scheduled, you know, too early in the day. And, you know, I can't take off of work. And Ashley has already given up so many hours and put so much energy into this that, I mean, her job has actually been impacted by all of this. And, you know, she, she can't keep taking off to take the kids to visits. And so, you know, we've had to ask for some help. And there was one particular visit where we would not be able to transport back which typically like the caseworker will go and take the kids to visitation because she has to pick up the kids have a seven-year-old sister who's placed elsewhere and the caseworker is already having to go get her so she just gets our two and then we pick the kids up and take them home from there and there's this one particular visit where we were not able to pick the kids up and so we asked for help with transporting them back and the solution was to have the bio grandfather pick the kids up because he's the only family member who has a valid driver's license to have him pick the kids up and to have him bring the kids to our house. And we said, absolutely not. That man is not coming to our house. This, this man is a convicted felon with an extremely violent past. And he tried having him deliver the kids to our house. Now, first off, for us to even have somebody babysit the kids, they have to have, be fingerprinted and have a background check, and it has to be done at our house because the license is here at our house. Yet all of a sudden when it's convenient for the agency, they're like, oh, you know what? This guy here, I think he'll be okay just for this one time. Let's go ahead and have him transport. The hell you will. I mean, it's so crazy how they're able to bend the rules for when it's convenient to them. And you would think that, like, you get into this field wanting to do what's best for the kid, but only when it's convenient for you. It's been so crazy, some of the stuff that they've proposed. And we, we, we shot them down. We're like, this man is not coming to our house. And they're like, well, would you be willing to meet him at like Walgreens or something like that? And knowing this man's criminal charges, because we know damn well what he's been convicted of. We're like, no, we don't feel comfortable with that. And so they ended up working out transportation, which is, which is good. And, um, you know, the visit still happened and all of that stuff. But after that, um, the caseworker sent out a group text. And now we have informed our caseworker that we use Google Voice. She knows that we're in communication with the bio parents. And uh, we've given her our Google Voice number so that she has it. Well, the caseworker sends out this group text and it's to the bio mom, the bio dad, and both of us with our private phone numbers. And 
that was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, we have the lack of communication. Now they've just totally breached our privacy. And they're trying to get this convict to come to our house with the kids. And I was like, what the hell? And so I was just, I was done at that point. And I called my friend. She used to be a caseworker. And I actually for the same agency that we're attached to. And so I called her and I was like, listen, here's what's going on. We don't get updates on visits that we're not able to transport back to. We have no idea when the hell court dates are. We don't know what the kids' Medicaid numbers are. We ask our caseworker for information. She won't give it to us. Um, they, they want this convict to come into our house. Oh, and by the way, she just gave out our phone number. And my friend was like, holy shit, I did not realize that your case was this bad. And she's like, hold up. Well, let me put in a phone call to a friend of mine that still works there. So she, she calls back a little bit later, and she's like, okay. Here's my friend's private number. I want you to call her on such and such day. Explain everything to her. And I said, okay, cool. You know, I appreciate your help. Well, little did I know that my friend's friend is actually the director of the agency. And the director of the agency actually that day um, had her assistant call us. And so the assistant director called us that day, didn't even wait for us to call her. And we had a 45-minute talk um, on the phone, and we just kind of conveyed everything to her and just expressed all of our frustrations and um, the lack of communication, et cetera. And so she said, Here, do me a favor. Go through your text messages and your emails and voicemails and all that. And she said, come up with a timeline of events for everything and submit it to me. So we did. We sat down. We went through all of that stuff. Five pages later, we have a timeline for her of everything we've asked for and when we heard back or whether or not we even heard back at all because a lot of the shit we asked for, she didn't ever tell us. And so we submitted this timeline to her and she's like, received, I will handle it. Let me tell you, communication since then has been on point. Our caseworker responds to text messages now. She answers questions. It's been pretty interesting. Um, so we've definitely are moving in the right direction, but Jesus, my God, we had to fight a battle to get here. We are so tired it feels like we're, we're constantly at war with somebody. And y'all, these are people who are supposed to be on our team. You know, I mean, we all want one thing and that's what's best for the kid. And my God, it's like pulling teeth to get anything out of anybody. So after... The assistant director and director spoke with our caseworker and her supervisor. We sat down, um, had a meeting at the agency. It was our caseworker, her supervisor, her supervisor's supervisor, the assistant director, the guardian ad litem, the two of us, the two bio parents, the older siblings foster parent, and her advocate, from family support services because first off she needed an advocate because her and the bio mom don't get along like they fight all the time um they've got some serious tension what have you and she didn't even want to participate in the conversation and so she called somebody from family support services and they acted on her behalf and so we're we're all in this meeting together trying to establish a set schedule for the unsupervised visits 
one that works best for everybody involved so that you know we don't have to rely on the agency for transportation so that the parents are not having to take off of work to do visits etc you know and i mean it was a a fairly civil meeting despite everything that's happened and um you know we acted as though nothing had happened that there was no bad blood and you know um we were all very civil with the exception of the other foster mom. She was so unwilling to cooperate and so unwilling to waver on anything whatsoever. Um, and so, unfortunately, at the end of the day, she threw the towel in and she said she was done. She, she was she would not uh, keep her in the house any longer and that she was, she was just done with this case. And so um, here we are a week later. And actually today, the seven-year-old sister is being reunified with the family um, because, which is like two months ahead of time because the foster mom threw the towel in. And this is happening everywhere, guys. Like people are getting fed up and they're frustrated. And it's it's not even always the kids. Like in this case, it kind of is because the sister is a huge behavior problem. But I think it's also the bullshit that goes along with the system. And you know, you hear all the time that, you know, the foster care is such a broken system, but you don't really understand what that means until you are in the trenches and you just see how ridiculous everything is and you know like I said like you would think that they would do what's in the best interest of the kids but really it's what's best for all of the adults involved or more so what's easiest for the agency and it's just been an eye-opening experience all of this has so we talked to our little guy's therapist and just told her that you know what was going on the latest and that the sister was going to be reunified today, and she suggested that we let him know as soon as possible. Um, the parents aren't very tactical in how they approach things. Um, they just kind of like, I don't, I don't think they really know how to tell him stuff, and they just do it in a way that's not necessarily kid friendly and kind of, I don't, know, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. And so the therapist wanted us to address the issue with him uh, as soon as possible. So last night we sat him down and said, you know. On Saturday, you're going to have a long visit with your mom and dad, and you're going to get to go and spend some time at their house. Um, they had a home study done, and it came back fine, so um, he's able to go to their house for a little bit. And, you know, at the end of the visit, you're going to come back with us, and then your sister is going to be staying there because they didn't want him finding out from a 7-year-old, and they didn't want the parents to deal with it just because again they're just not eloquent about these kinds of things and so he obviously was upset you know and dealt with it the best way that he could and I think Saturday is going to be difficult for us and just not only knowing that his sister is going to be staying but the fact that he's going to go be going back to their house the house that he was removed from and then being pulled away again so I think I think we're in for it on Saturday. His behavior's already declined pretty drastically since the unsupervised visits have happened. His behavior's been erratic and all over the place, and he's been cranky and extremely rude. And I think that he just he doesn't know how to handle his feelings. You know, he's three and a half. 
and I think that this is really going to be extremely difficult for him, and it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um, but all we can tell him is, you know, you'll be you'll be home soon. You know, his parents have already told him you you're going to come back with us soon, and he doesn't know what soon is. He doesn't know what that means, and so we try to try to help him understand that it's still going to be some time, but it's been very difficult for him. And, uh, you know, people ask us, you know, are, are those of us, the, those that are close to us and they know all of the details because, you know, there's more crap that I haven't invented about. They've asked, you know, would we be willing to do this again? And again, it's, it's not the kids that's difficult, at least not in this case. I know there are difficult kids out there. I teach, trust me, I know. Kids can be assholes too. But in this case, it's not the kids. It's the adults that are involved. And are we willing to do this again? Yes. Yes, we're going to do it again. We're going to try it one more time. Um, we're going on a cruise in January. And um, afterwards, we're going to be open up for shop and be willing to accept two more little ones. We might lower our age range down. Uh, from right now it's zero to five. I think we might go zero to two instead. Um, but yeah, we're definitely willing to try it again. We know that it's a broke system and that these kids are in need of people who are willing to stand up for them and to be an advocate and do what's in their best interest. And apparently it's not always the caseworker in the agency. So somebody's got to do it. <laughs> so we're going to try it again. And you know, if it doesn't kill us, we're going to keep forging on. So anyway, that's the latest update. Um, hopefully, now that things are a little better and going a bit more smoothly, I'll have more frequent updates for you. Again, I apologize about the radio silence. I just was so incredibly frustrated and pissed off that I know that if I were to get on here every Friday, it would just be a rant about how angry I am. And nobody really wants to hear that. So that's the update. Thanks so much for tuning in and hopefully we'll see you soon. Bye y'all.